0: we Captains and welcome back to Rank Amateur season 2 this time episode number 50. And today I thought I'd give the podcast a little bit of a facelift, some new intro music, a new flashy logo. Just in time for my episode on the Tier 10 Italian Premium Super Cruiser, the Napoli. I figured this ship deserved the first episode of the new season of Rank Amateur, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, first, let's start off with the World of Warships news, however, and this new season of Rank Amateur comes just after the release of Update 11.1 in World of Warships, which is the introduction of the Part 2. Pan Asian Cruiser event, and um, yeah, so basically it's yeah, it's just like any part two that we've had before. Nothing too special, you know. More combat missions you can do. They f- did a facelift of the uh, Dragon Port once again, uh, fixed a little bit of the lighting issues where um, the bright lighting just kind of made all the colors really weird on uh, the warships. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be my port for a little while. Although I am really liking the zaipengu Port, and I think that's how you say it. But essentially. Uh, you know, it's a stereotypical, like, Japanese port. You got Mount Fu- Fuji in the background, uh, uh, Heijimeji Castle, or Heijimeji Castle, um, on the top of a hill, and you know the Japanese stockyards and everything. That place doesn't exactly exist, it's just a mythical name, or a, uh, ancient name for Japan and Saipengu, but it's a really pretty port with nice music, so that's why it's mine. <laughs> um, especially since life has been a bit stressful so far, but let's get back into it. The, uh, next event, the temporary battle that's coming to World of Warships is Dirigible Derby, um, essentially it's, uh, you escort super zeppelins, uh, throughout the map, it's kind of like Convoy except with, uh, Im- immune, uh, or indestructible super zeppelins, yeah, these zeppelins are more than double the size of the largest uh, zeppelins that, um, uh, the Germans ever had, and essentially the war game said you wouldn't be able to see them in the sky. They wouldn't be as like intimidating if they were uh, the normal size, so they just enlarged them. And considering this is a completely fake mode, I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah, but essentially you uh, go in the circle around your uh, or underneath your uh, dirigible, and it advances your dirigible faster than the enemy ship. And if you're in the enemy ship's uh, like little circle, it slows down the airship. And essentially, it's just a race to the end. That's all it is. Um, Seems like it could be an interesting battle. I, I really do like these temporary battles that Wargaming puts in there every once in a while. You know, it just shakes things up. Uh, okay. Next thing, super carriers. Straight, through of random battles, no testing. Yeah, so they're 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 carriers with jets. That's that's what they are. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're jets that didn't really even serve. I mean, the, the, the HMS Eagle, one of uh, the supercarriers are HMS Eagle and USS United States. HMS Eagle will be the only real steel super ship. Yes, HMS Eagle was built and served. It's the materialization of HMS Audacious, which is currently the British Tier 10 aircraft carrier. Um, she carries Gloucester, uh, yeah, Gloucester bombers, I believe, uh, Interceptor bombers, um, which... The Royal Navy had like a few of them And they were all used for training Never actually saw combat Should have been used the Buccaneers As, um, you know, a uh, You know, replacement Because that is was the aircraft That HMS Eagle actually carried But, you know, it's wargaming uh, They used the TA-152 for the Graf Zeppelin Which was supposed to be a high-altitude interceptor But they used it as a torpedo bombers Rather than like the, you know Ju-88s or something Or Ju-87s, Stukas um and for the uh i i i don't know my cold war early uh jet aircraft in the united states uh but i think is that a phantom I, here let me check ah uh, yes i was right it's a McDonnell fh phantom uh yeah so 300 knot speed anyone you can cross the map in 20 seconds uh, I mean, they, they, they at least are consumable, kind of, and they don't return to the ship and they don't regen as often, but, I mean, if you can just take, off, take out a ship every minute, it doesn't really matter. I suppose it's not much different from the Nakamov, though, so, I mean, what are we complaining about? Uh, personal challenges? Uh, yeah, so you can basically grind for your XP and everything and have a chance at getting the Ditto, which, by the way, is an awful ship, uh, even though I was really looking forward to this, but I just can't... Fathom a four-point-five-inch gun-armed cruiser with an eight-point-five-second reload and no armor or health pool to speak of. <sighs> you know, we were this close to greatness. We were this close, and I, of course I'm gesturing. I, you can't see it, but yeah, we were very close to greatness here. This isn't. A, it could have been an amazing ship. Could have been a Smolensk, Tier Six. Yeah, but no. Uh, Canarias, however, uh, yeah. By the way, these are uh, both ships that I believe you can. You can earn, yeah, hmm with uh, Gib- Gibraltar Pillars uh, in exchange for, uh, you can get uh, Mediterranean tokens for those, and essentially you can get these two ships off them. They're both tier 6. Uh, Ditto's an extremely light cruiser. It's got the health pool of a large destroyer, just just more than the Eagle actually. Or, or a Geel, excuse me. Uh, and the Canarius is a county-class heavy, heavy cruiser, so it's kind of a Ditto with a speed boost, um, which is a 15% speed boost. Not quite French, but not your standard. It is more than your standard. Uh, decent concealment. Fires AP only. So it fires Des Moines AP, essentially. Uh, 10 second reload. So fairly rapid reloading guns. Um, you know, it, it looks it looks pretty good. I, I, I'd I be interested in getting it, but I don't want to spend any more money on this game. Well, You know, we're having tensions with Russia. So, you know, I don't want my money to disappear. And any more than it already has. <laughs> um... And then you can get the Forest German, too, uh, with firepower containers, because, you know, that's how they're releasing the ship. But they did say they will release it later in the armory for coal. So at least if you just wait a little bit, it will come out for coal. Which I guess is fine, because if the people are just going to drop their cash on loot boxes, Wargaming can have that. But as long as there's a route that's going to be feasible in the near future to get it for free, or to get it by just paying an outright price, that's fine. So Forest German uh basically a freeze because it has torpedoes but um they there's only four of them and they have basically fixed firing arcs so yeah um clan battles yeah new clan battles 7v7 format playing tier 10 uh tier 10 ships aircraft carriers not allowed no more than two battleships per team, team cannot have two identical ships since lineups so no full stalingrad lineups Uh, ranked battles, gonna be bronze 7v7, playing tier 6 and 7, silverleaf 6v6, playing tier 8 and 9, and 5v5 for gold, playing tier 10. In-game economy, uh, buffs, basically buffs the aircraft carrier economy for actually killing ships. So, if you didn't like getting focused down and killed by an aircraft carrier before, they're now actively rewarding that, so, yeah. And they're boosting aircraft XP. And reducing the cost of it uh they're gonna do the swap of, or they did the swap of Kabarosk and uh Preussen, or no Kabarosk and uh Delaney and uh Groszakervist in Preussen um yeah so Preussen has an interesting weak spot that I learned about this morning on Reddit uh so the turrets are really they're much narrower than the GKs because they have one less gun which would make sense but that means the bar- they didn't shrink the size of barbets. So the barbettes, actually, there's a little bit of a plate that sticks out that of the circular barbette, and that's only 75 millimeters thick. The problem with that is, at a high angle, uh, notably, uh, American shells, uh, yeah, American shells can pen through that and get a straight shot into the Citadel the, uh, the poison. So, I mean, it is a fairly uncommon, uh, shot, or a fairly, uh, rare shot, but in Montana, about 25 kilometers, can Citadel, a uh poison very easily if it hits that part of the bar bed, or even close to the part of the bar because it's it it's, it's going to come out and down basically vertically n- not go through any ver- uh, ricochet checks and go straight into the citadel so yeah you won't get outright deleted but it's certainly a weak spot and des moines can do that from even closer especially with her ap rounds so uh yeah big weak spot but it's, the biggest problem with that is ap bombs because ap bombs always come in vertically and Basically, don't go through ricochet checks. So that's just going to pen straight the Citadel. And, I mean, it would probably would anyways if it hit the superstructure, but it just makes it easier for them to do that now. So I found that interesting. Uh, Another new camouflage for the Austin. You can buy a Yukon patch and commemorative flag, which do look very nice. um, For 4,000 community tokens, so probably not worth it, but they look pretty cool. Uh, I think that's it for additions to the Armory. Um... Uh, audacious and enterprise have been updated in their armory maya or maya and hornet have been added to the game for testing new patches um like no new patches like like commander's patches are also available um and then uh various bug fixes and things like that uh, they fixed the issue with the uh what was it? incomparables acceleration bug where You'd, so it has the enhanced British acceleration, but when you turn the speed boost on, the acceleration would slow down. Which is counterintuitive, it's not supposed to happen that way, so they patched that. Uh, lighthouse Auction happened with Grimmie Ashi, and and uh, yeah, it's kind of a waste of money, honestly. But they just hold 20 million credits for you, because everyone's dumping like a million credit or like 100 million credits to get a Grimmie Ashi. I mean, Grammy Ashi's good, but it ain't that good. I can tell you that. And I think they're saying what this is for, or people are speculating that this is to reduce inflation of credits in-game, because there's a lot of excess credits floating around in the game right now, so they're trying to uh, take out credits. I don't really think that's what's happening, because essentially, I mean, you have, like, a select few winners, and, I mean, granted, they all have 100 million credits sitting around that can dump out on Grammy Ashi, but it's not solving a huge problem. Uh, there's other things that World of Warships does to solve that problem. Um, yeah, I think that's just about it. There really hasn't been too much news because, it, you know, it goes quiet before the updates. Um, yeah, you can get a, a new Italian Destroyer uh, th- with the Prime Gaming Awards, and the uh, you can get the Emden. Uh, basically, they're just awarding a preview of the Italian Destroyers uh, like they did with the Dutch Cruisers and the German Battleships. Uh, you can get the tier 4 ahead of time if you remember a prime gaming it's just kind of a little thing that they give you it's kind of nice you can kind of see what the line's like i don't know if it was an error, but in world of warships fitting tool they have the detection range as being further than the uh the firing range um I don't know if that's right. I, have, I haven't watched, or no, it was on the dev blog. I don't, I don't know if they reversed the values, but it doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like it should be like that. Maybe there's a future, maybe I'm just really out of it because I've been really busy lately, but that that is kind of interesting. So, uh, Napoli. Not really much of a historical basis behind this ship. Uh, really just kind of a made-up supercruiser. It follows general Italian design principles, but it's... It's pretty made up. If you look how look at how much empty deck space there is, that's full of nothing. On uh, um, the Napoli, you can see that this ship was clearly balanced around the game and having SAP shells and not too many guns, per, so that it would the amount of SAP shells it fires from its secondaries, which that is its specialty, the SAP secondaries. But it's not its only specialty. We'll get more of that later. Uh, you can see it's clearly balanced around the game. There's not many design i really haven't been able to find too many designs for it the only real thing i can find about it is a design that the russian or that the uh, italian firm inzaldo or Inzalado, uh designed for the soviet navy um that would carry 253 not 254 253 millimeter guns um and it had similar similar design kind of look it had it, it does look very similar to the Napoli, it's not quite the same, but that's that's the only thing I could uh, say satisfactory that actually looks like the Napoli. Uh, the, the funnels are a little shorter, the bridge is a little bit bigger, um, but it's got the same turret configurations. Um, the, the secondaries are in the same configuration, although they are different gun calibers. Uh, and their Soviet turrets rather than Italian turrets, so I think what this is is it's a lot like the Kearsarge, uh, and the fact that it was a Russian design created by uh, the country that, or a different country like the Americans, and then dropped by the Soviets, and then uh, the I guess the rather uh, the it's as if the Italians decided to commission it into World War Two. I guess that's the only historical thing. So it's just kind of an evolution of the Italian heavy cruisers, uh, a bit of a, 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 a uh, I guess, an improvement on the Zara and the, uh, yeah, So it it's like a really big heavy cruiser. It doesn't say it's to counter anything. If anything, I think it would be to counter the possible B-65 proposals by Japan like everyone else was. It's amazing how scared everyone was of the B-65 uh, proposals even though they never even were laid down. Um, the, the U.S. Navy went so far as to build and commission the Alaska class, uh, large cruisers as they were classified by the U.S. Navy, uh, to counter their potential threat, although they, they never actually materialized. So I, I find that interesting. Um, yeah, and so not a whole lot of historical basis off the ship, although it does follow Italian design principles. you got those 152 millimeter turrets that are present on their battleships. The 254 millimeter turrets are more look more or less like enlarged light cruiser turrets from them uh and the you got the 90 millimeter secondaries as well, yeah, and that's in the torpedo tubes and the Italian hull design principles obviously you got the the um striping on the bow to aid in uh, aerial identification of the italian ships and mark your ships as targets for the british yeah don't even get me started about that i mean it does look awesome but like i don't know if it's exactly the smartest idea um but yeah it does it's a very cool looking ship and it's a very durable ship but let's let's get into the stats of it first Let's start out with the base stats. So you're gonna have um, th- nine 254mm 60 caliber M1939 uh, guns with a 16.28 kilometer base range, which is, is for a cruiser this side, quite on the low side, quite a bit on the low side. And you got a 17-second reload, which is also on the slow side. It's comparable to the um, Yoshino, and the Yoshino has 310-millimeter guns compared to this this thing's 254-millimeter guns. So, yeah, it's a little bit on the slow side, especially for the damage that these guns do, but I I feel as though it's appropriate for this ship, and you'll find out later. The traverse speed is excellent. Uh, You're going to have a 25-second... Uh, one eighty time uh turns at seven degrees a second, so it's literally the same speed oh no never mind uh it's not the same speed as your torpedo tubes it's the exact reverse uh you have a seven point two second turn time on the torpedo tubes at the twenty five second degree per second uh rotation or twenty five degree per second rotation excuse me there um Anyways, uh, the Sigma is going to be 2.15, which is very good, um, but the accuracy leaves a lot to be desired. So, the Sigma, the shell groupings are always like very close to each other in the Napoli, and that's easily noticeable uh, when you use this ship, but unfortunately, the uh, dispersion is kind of Dutch. It's not very good. Uh, At 16.28 kilometers, you're going to have 178 meters of dispersion horizontally and a terrible, terrible vertical dispersion of 169 meters. Yes, the Italians are not very accurate, and what makes these guns um, even more inaccurate is that bad vertical dispersion, which means in addition to going wide of the target, you're often going to find yourself falling short and landing over the target, which can be a little bit frustrating at times, but it's not something that can not be dealt with. Now, the HE DPM, yes, this ship does not fire sap like most other uh, Italian heavy cruisers, or at least out of the main guns. There's no sap on this ship from the main guns, which means you can start fires, but the Italian, Italian HE, as everyone knows, is... A surprisingly anemic yeah that's because they use all their fu- all their explosives and their fire starting materials to cook their pizzas aboard the ship and uh, lasagna yes yeah, so i had to fit that pasta joke in there um yeah so it's anemic only 109,588 uh, dpm on the he it's no it's leaves a lot to be desired the damage is very low at just 3,450 on a 254 millimeter gun Uh, The initial shell velocity is excellent, however, at 954 meters a second because turns out the pizza propellant charges that they put behind there and roll up into the barrel are very powerful and provide a high initial velocity with a shell weight of 228 kilograms. The depth of explosion is your standard 3 meters, HE penetration is is a nice 42 meters, or 42 meters, 42 millimeters. The burn probability is 16%, which is low considering that's like Des Moines levels, and Des Moines fires every 5 seconds. So yeah, um, fires per minute approximately 2.79, uh, the raw DPM of this AP, uh, of these AP shells is 195,353, which is more respectable, but still not excellent. Um, Maximum damage is a sort of relatively anemic 6,000. It's not great. It really isn't the initial shell velocity is lower at 945 meters a second Uh, Shell weight is the same at 228 kilograms And you have your standard ricochet angles of 45 to 60 degrees The depth explosion is 1 meter and the overmatch is 17 millimeters. Yes, you can overmatch a British light cruiser with this thing Um, and the yeah, the arming threshold is 42 millimeters, which is a lot because these shells are traveling fast, and they have a standard fuse timer of 0.33 seconds. Yeah, these Italian, these main guns do not hit as hard as some would like, but they are very consistent. Um, I found that even though the shells are still anemic for HE, I find that they're doing majority of their damage usually. It's like sometimes on Des Moines, you'll get like frustratingly low uh Low uh, damage roll salvos, you'll get like 500 damage, 1,000 damage, 300 damage. Not with this ship. And I don't I don't know if it's just my luck, but I really seem to consistently be doing 2,000 damage, 2,000 damage, 2,000 damage. And even though 2,000 damage is not enough, it even when it's something's like damage saturated, it seems like these shells are doing more damage for some reason. And I don't know why that is, and I don't know if it's a bug or if it's just me, but it seems it, the, the HE on this ship is very consistent. It's not great, and it's not... It's not awful, it's, it's, it's on the borderline of good to kind of okay. It's just okay, but it's really consistent, and the AP shells are anything but consistent. Uh, sometimes I will shoot at an angled target when I was playtesting, or not playtesting, but when I was testing the ship for the podcast, I'd shoot at an angled ship and do like 7,000 damage, and it was like, whoa, these these guns hit hard, and then the next salvo, I'd ricochet all of the shells, so... This Italian AP is horribly inconsistent, and this thing doesn't even have the great Italian penetration that we're used to, that reliable broadside smacking penetration, I mean, At its maximum range, uh, with the range amount of around, like, 19 kilometers or 18 kilometers, it's only got 247 millimeters of penetration compared to the Gundalus, 285, and obviously got the Petropavlovsk sitting at, like, 408, or, uh, excuse me, uh, just just over 380. And, uh, yeah, it only outclasses the 203-millimeter gun-armed cruisers, which, like the Des Moines, which, which will only have 146 millimeters of penetration, but it's just, it really, it, the AP, unless you're given broadside, you really shouldn't use it, or, especially at range, I mean, it's certainly gonna get the job done 15 kilometers on, 15, or 10 to 15 kilometers on in. But it's just not consistent on anything but broadside. So doing a dry fight, absolutely. Load that AP up and blast them. I mean, it does the job. But it's it's certainly nothing to write home about. But the HE on this ship is very consistent. So that is, that is a definite plus. But it's just, you're not going to get those massive salvos like you will on a Goliath. Where it's like, oh my god, it just did 11k damage with my HE. No, don't expect any of that. 5k, 7k most. 7k is like... Wow! I actually did amazing. I hit all my shells, and it was one in a million shot. So these these main guns, they're consistent, and uh, especially on the HE, but it's just not a lot. It's just reeling in damage over time. That's that's more or less all they are. They're not the star of the show here. However, the torpedoes are a different story. They are, I believe, carbon copy Venezia torpedoes. They are good. They are. I use them a lot. They're area denial tools. They're uh, close-in uh, combat tools. Um, also, I forgot to mention the uh, firing arcs on these guns. They are amazing, especially firing backwards. These the guns are. They will fire uh basically auto ricochet like you can fire the guns and have people just not even be able to touch you with the armor piercing rounds and uh and if you aren't able to fire the back turret that means you are certainly I would be shocked if you took a massive hit from anything but a yamato even a yamato struggles to hurt this thing um anyways well more on that when we get to the armor section on the torpedoes you carry uh two uh quadruple uh, tube torpedo launchers, um, and they're gonna have a 13.5 kilometer range, yes, this thing can stealth fire, and we'll get more to the concealment later, uh, they are pretty slow, 56 knot maximum speed, and kinda on the low damage side, actually pretty much on the low damage side, only 13,900 damage, with a 95 second reload, which, I mean, really isn't too bad, um, it's minute thirty reload. I, I feel like that's appropriate, and this has uh, stern-mounted torpedo tubes, so they're basically Grashpay levels of uh, firing angles, and they, it's just amazing. I, these this thing's torpedoes come in handy all the time. They're an aerial denial tool. They're a brawling tool. They're they're very useful. Uh, it's very good to have this, um, and they're be detected out at 1.1 kilometers, which is very stealthy. I'm not it's not Pan Asian levels of stealthy, but it's better than the British torpedoes. Like I said, the uh, firing arcs are pretty amazing. Um, yeah, and you get a joke of an airstrike. It's got a six-kilometer range. Uh, this is that depth charge air strike. It's a complete joke. But um, that's not the ship's specialty. The ship's specialty is the secondary armament. You get your standard batter, uh, maximum range of 7.3 kilometers, but that's not where this thing gets special. So you're equipped with four turrets, uh, th- or four triple turrets, 152 millimeter, 50 ky. Chi- 55-caliber OTO 1936 model guns, complemented by uh, six tur- six dual 90mm 50-caliber OTO 1939 turrets, they fire SAP. That SAP from the uh, 152s will do 3850 damage on a hit, it comes flying out of the barrels at 950 meters a second, with a reload time of just 7.2 seconds. Uh, They have a 1.0 sigma and a maximum dispersion of just 184 meters. Yes, these are the most accurate secondaries in the game. And that title, the Napoli, still holds. Unless the uh, Giuseppe Verdi has more accurate secondaries, but I think it's basically the same. Uh, We'll we'll just go with the most accurate secondaries in the game, Uh, especially without skills. Uh, and the 90 millimeter guns will do a maximum damage of 2,000 on penetration. They'll have an initial shell velocity of 860 meters a second, a 3.2 second reload, rate of fire of 18.5 uh, or 18.75 uh, rounds per minute. They'll have a 1.0 sigma and the same dispersion, so 100, 184 meters. Yeah, these things chew through destroyers. I mean, we're talking about German secondaries being uh, very bad for destroyers. I mean, they're nothing to joke around with. These things are death to destroyers. It is not uncommon if a destroyer pops up within your secondary range to deal 6,000 damage salvos to them. I am not kidding. I once a gearing decided to charge me at the end of the game and it he it was to the point where if he just ran he could have won but he wanted that last kill and he paid the ultimate sacrifice for it because i yeah i totally squashed him and um uh flamu had an interesting perspective on this ship he said that it's the secondaries just aren't worth it the ship is is not great it's not a secondary brawler it's just and he compared it to a Pensacola, right? A Pensacola is actually a ship with, with very good secondaries for its tier, which is funny because, you know, it's not a good ship to brawl with at all. Uh, and so he went into a training room, lined up a bunch of ships, and then see who, who could delete a Grossocurefest first. A stationary first no skills, no anything, right? It's just a bot. Um, so he sat the uh, Pensacola in front of it, and he sat the Napoli in front of it. And uh, he let them both fire at it and he put it side by side and timed it and the Pensacola beat the Napoli and killing the of by a bit and uh, he said you see it's not good right this thing the secondaries just don't do anything okay well first of all I challenge you to get within 13 kilometers of anything in a Pensacola and not die Because the Pensacola's armor is so abysmal, and that ship is just terrible in general. Uh, The secondaries are good, yes, but I I really do challenge you to try and survive and use them successfully. And um, they don't wreck destroyers or cruisers like the Naples do. Cruisers, even like Goliath, will pay dearly for coming in range of these secondaries. These secondaries often concentrate on the superstructure and, uh, especially on larger targets at close range, they rarely miss. It's, it's not how many secondaries am I going to hit, it's how many secondaries am I actually going to miss, because they, they don't miss. And on destroyers, yeah, they, it's harder for them to hit, but it doesn't really matter when you're dealing 3,000 damage, a hit to them. And it, sap is, is Death to destroyers, and when you have a 3.2-second reload on a bunch of guns on your broadside, it is... it's amazing to watch. Not to mention 254 millimeter high-explosive. I mean, it's Italian high-explosive, but it's still high-explosive from a huge gun. It still deletes destroyers. And, yeah, it's... This thing is amazing at close range, and I'll provide even more justification later. And, if all, I mean, if all else goes, I mean, you still have your torpedoes, so... Flamu, I, I very much respect his uh, his play, and it, I very much respect him as a player, but his reviews kind of suck, because of stuff like this. He doesn't take in the whole the whole ship, and it's uh, what it's meant to be used for and how well it performs in that situation in an actual battle, rather than just on paper. Because, yes, if you look at the stats, this ship is, is interesting. The AA defense is a joke. Don't even worry about it. It's Italian AA. Uh, it comes with a fighter to, you know... It, fighters kind of do something not really um hit points 59,200 so you're sitting like goliath levels of hit points and petro levels of hit points this these uh this chip is actually very similar to the petro uh, because it actually has the same gun dispersion uh mechanics not the exact same gun dispersion per se but like the same dispersion curve and i'll, I'll go over that in my in the upgrade section a little bit more but it's interesting uh, fire will burn for just 30 seconds. Yes, this is not super cruiser burn time. This is cruiser burn time. So that's an advantage. You can have up to four fires. Uh, you have a probability reduction of 50%. The damage per second will be 178 for a total damage of 5,328 per fire if you let it burn. Flooding is 40 seconds. You can have two floods. Probability, uh, reduction is 26%. Torpedo reduction is 22%, which is like battleship levels. So that's pretty good. Or like low end of battleship levels. Um... Damage per flood is 140, or damage per second is 148. Uh, total damage per flood is 5,920, so really not that bad. The concealment is excellent for a ship of this size, just 12.75 kilometers base. After firing guns and smoke, it's just 8.75 kilometers. And when on fire, it, it does rise to 4.75 kilometers. The fire, gun uh, uh, smoke fire penalty on the ship is less than Venezia, which is kind of puzzling because these are bigger guns, although Venezia does have more of them. Uh, So, yeah, that that is certainly very good for this ship, and I'll tell you why in a bit. The maneuverability is excellent on this ship, uh, especially the top speed, which is 35.5 knots. Standard acceleration, 8.92 horsepower per ton. Um you got a turning circle radius of just 750 meters, which for a ship of this size is pretty good. Uh, The turning rate is excellent on this ship, although the rudder shift time can feel a little sluggish at times because it is at 12.5 seconds, and you really need it to be quick at close ranges. But it doesn't really matter because it has a fast rate of turn. What do I mean by that? What's the difference between that and a large turning circle radius? Well, turning circle radius and rudder shift time, uh, they they, uh, determine how fast your cruiser is going to start turning. Like, uh, so turning circle radius is is basically how long it's going to take to turn, like how much space it's going to take to turn, I guess is the best explanation. And then rudder shift times, how fast your rudder is going to turn. But turning rate is how fast it is going to turn, like how fast the ship is going to manage to get itself around. So things like British cruisers, they have a reasonably fast uh, uh, turning rate. Uh, Petropavlovsk actually has a good turning rate, too. Uh, means it's easier to maneuver, even though the turning circle is. does make it difficult to weave between torpedoes. It makes it easy to weave between shots that are coming to you. Uh, light cruisers and destroyers have an excellent rate of turn. Battleships don't. That's why it's hard to maneuver in them, like um, uh, the uh, American standards. Even though they have an excellent turning circle radius for the size, it's still hard to dodge shells because they just take so much time to turn. Uh, Napoli takes... Next to no time to get around. Uh, has a low turning circle radius, so once that rudder does, does get around, it is going to turn very quickly. And that is good for avoiding torpedoes. It means you don't have to invest all your points in just getting that rudder shift time down. Um, ships like the Buffalo, uh, with a good rudder shift time, just a atrocious rate of turn like the the rudder will go all the way around on the sh- on the buffalo no problem it's and the turning circle radius is decent it's just it scrubs so much speed in the turn and the rate of turn is just awful and it makes it very hard to avoid fire in the buffalo which is why part of the reason why I just despise the buffalo with all my heart Uh, Napoli, no such problems, so that's what makes it uh, nice and maneuverable. You get your standard damage con for a cruiser, 5 second duration, infinite uh, supply, and reload time of 60 seconds. You get your Italian smoke generator, um, which is the exhaust smoke, which means it's a full speed smoke. It's excellent for pushing because it provides the extra get out of jail free card, assuming there's no radar cruisers around you. You have to be very careful, make sure that there's no radar cruisers around you. Um, you have a smoke screen dispersion time of just 10 seconds, two consumables, action radius is half a kilometer, the reload time is 180 seconds, which is fairly long, I do hate that, uh, about these Italian smokes, and the consumable action time is a good 40 seconds, uh, it is, does come in handy and saves you every once in a while. Uh, the fighter, uh, you get four charges, Uh, or no, four fighters, three charges, three-kilometer action radius, reload time of 90 seconds, consumable action time of 60 seconds. I pretty much use it for spotting, uh, you know, triggering enemies, uh, you know, spotting them from the air with anti-aircraft fire and things like that. They're not really useful as an anti-aircraft source. Would rather take a spotter plane, but it's not available, unfortunately. Uh, Repair Party is the last consumable option you get. Uh, That's going to have three consumables, um it's gonna have uh point uh not point five second hp per second restored uh reload time with 80 seconds and a um 20 second or 28 second action time so yeah it's your standard repair party comes in handy but you know not overly anything to write home about because it is standard on your tier 10 cruisers um yeah so what are we going to build this ship out for well we're going to build it out for secondaries and you just wait I'll get to the build, the secondary build on the Napoli, but first let's get to the armor on the Napoli, which is very special. Well, what makes Napoli's armor so special? Well, there's there's a few things. The, the first of which is the fact that it works, which, that's kind of uncommon for a lot of ships. The second thing, is the reinforced bow that she has, because it's technically not an ice-breaking bow because, I mean, it is an Italian ship and there's no ice in the Mediterranean. Anyways, so yes, she has a 60mm 4 end armor belt. Yes, that will ricochet any shell in the game, at close range especially. Meaning that, when fighting at close range, and even sometimes at longer ranges with plunging fire, You will not even have the slightest bit of chance of getting Citadel. Someone has to be smart and aim for your big uh, snout, your big uh, uh, forehand plating. That is only 25 millimeters. And if they get through that, it's pretty much a direct shot into the Citadel, especially from long range if you point your bow directly towards the enemy, you're going to have issues with taking a lot of damage, especially penetration damage, sometimes even citadels through the nose. But if you angle even just the slightest bit, then you'll take it straight on that 60mm plate. Yeah. So beyond the 60mm plate, well, what's she got angled? Well, she does only have the 25mm 4.5 deck. Um, And the stern I, I should mention the stern is extraordinarily vulnerable that is one of the weak spots of the armor It is 25 millimeters all around there is a like a kind of a rudder plating that is 60 millimeters thick But that doesn't extend very far and uh yeah then it's pretty much a straight shot into the citadel you'd penetrate a maximum of 220 millimeters flat plating to get into the citadel through the rear so angled yes it is kind of tanky still uh with plunging fire you can get down to a 25 millimeter plate down at the very bottom of the, th- the ship, but if you if you play your cards right you shouldn't get citadel but if you're straight on to the stern you will get citadel through the stern that is one of the ship's weak spots um Yeah, beyond that, the belt plating, uh, main armor belt is 220 millimeters thick. Yeah, nothing's going through that. That's really solid for a cruiser. That's really good for a cruiser. Um, the superstructure is only 16 millimeters, but that 16 millimeter aspect of the superstructure is fairly small. Actually, it's really small for a lot of cruisers of this tier. Um, you do have a huge conning tower and, uh, conning tower plating that is 330 millimeters to 50 millimeters thick. Um... That, like I said, built 220 millimeters thick, and you have a 40 millimeter deck. So yes, Yamato, Shikishima shells will bounce off this deck. That is uh, one of the very, very nice parts about this ship is, yeah, plunging fire, unless it's like coming in from a really long distance away, will bounce off here. It'll just auto-ricochet. Um... Armor belt, sixty millimeters for your upper armor belt. Yep, nothing's overmatching that. So your angle, they are not getting through. It's just gonna auto ricochet. Won't even go through uh, any other penetration checks. Uh, Citadel protected by a turtleback, although it is only a thirty millimeter turtleback, so it's really not useful. Um, sixty millimeter rounds or six four hundred six millimeter rounds uh, will penetrate this. Why did I say sixty millimeters? Four hundred six millimeter rounds will penetrate this. Uh, it's angled too steeply to prompt uh, or not yeah too steeply to uh, prompt auto ricochet checks uh, in a lot of circumstances in, in a lot of circumstances it's basically just a flat plate that they have to penetrate um, yeah so the turback really ineffective on this ship wouldn't rely on it at all it doesn't even really save you when you need to um, I mean it does have a double turtle back, though, which is kind of interesting. You have a you have a 30 millimeter plate on the The underside of the casemate plating and then you have another 30 millimeter plate on the roof of the Citadel Now, speaking of the roof of the Citadel that is 90 millimeters thick Yes, so even if they penetrate the deck somehow they still have to go through another 90 millimeter penetration check now That's an- enough to stop a lot of heavy cruisers at range and uh, it's obviously enough to stop a lot of battleships um If they somehow get through the upper plate, uh, and they just they'll skim across the top of the citadel. Usually, you'll get penetration damage, but you won't get citadeled, so that makes it very reliable. Speaking of citadel, it is above the water, um, by about a deck, so there, yeah, it's. It's not bad. It's just the turtleback that sticks above the water. Uh, it's only flat below the water, and that the citadel sides below the water are still fifty-five millimeters thick. The athwartships, the very top, is two twenty millimeters. Then it goes to one twenty. Then it goes to twenty-five. Um, yeah. So citadel from the bow and stern, uh, which have share identical armor characteristics, is still very vulnerable. But angled, it is nearly impossible to Citadel this thing. The barbets. Uh, the barbets are um they're they're reasonably well armored they really are they have 130 millimeters to 100 millimeters armor uh descending and then at the very top when they pop uh poke out of the deck they have 220 millimeters of armor although the bottom plate is only 75 millimeters thick that's really not much of an issue on a heavy cruiser like this the frontal plate of the turrets is 250 millimeters thick with a round plate uh plating all around of 120 to 100 millimeters or 125 to 100 millimeters, so yeah, these turrets don't really get knocked out that much, but if they take a directive, it is certainly possible, I've had it happen to me, um, yeah, so, that is, uh, that that can be an issue, uh, sometimes, but really I haven't noticed it, because these turrets are, are, they're Italian turrets, they're reasonably low profile, but it happens every once in a while, it's a minor annoyance, um, yeah, so this ship is incredibly tanky. It is nearly Petropavlovsk levels. I wouldn't I wouldn't go so far to say as it like it quite is Petropavlovsk levels because if you pull up the Petropavlovsk um what the Petropavlovsk has to its advantage is it's extremely low freeboard, which means that they're l- less of a ship to hit and of that ship it it is extremely well armored although the Petropavlosk nominally, Technically has worse armor than the Napoli. Uh, The rudder is better protected, but the main belt is only 180 millimeters thick. Uh, And then you basically get straight to the Citadel. The Citadel sits very high... Compared to the the freeboard, the citadel does hit very high, but it's side plating is 120 to 40 millimeters thick with a roof of 80 millimeters and 100 millimeters. So that's what prevents this uh, Petropavlox from being citadeled and the sheer fact that it is so low profile prevents it from being uh, from taking Much penetration damage simply because people can't hit it. Um, and it does have that 50 millimeter deck so it's comparable to the Petropavlosk, I would say, on armor. Now, the guns, obviously, on the Petropavlosk are way better than the Napoli's. There's no question about that. That's not necessarily uh, a direct comparison there. But uh, the, the Napoli does have it where it counts. In terms of armor protection, this is arguably one of the most durable cruisers in the game. Um, and I have, I have I single-handedly took a Thunder from full health to nothing. Just charged him down and single-handedly knocked him out of the fight and I didn't even take that much damage because every time he'd shoot at me and granted he should have been firing high explosive he he didn't he only fired high explosive once or twice towards the end after he realized he couldn't uh, damage me but angled, he couldn't touch me couldn't touch me because if he hit my bow when i'm angled generally it over penetrates um if he hits my belt it just ricochets it he doesn't have the penetration or the angles to get through that so that is what's very nice about this cruiser. Now, let's get on to the build, as I promised. So the build, it's it's very interesting. I still take main armorments, mod 1, because remember, the secondaries, you can't fully spec into them. So you do want to have your main guns firing a lot. And like I said, they're not super well armored. I mean, they're certainly not like... Uh, Japanese turrets leveled of unarmored but they they still get disabled and it's nice to have your torpedo tubes up and i mean it is more for the torpedo tubes because they sit in such an exposed position on the stern engine room protection yeah damage con mod one is really not a viable option for a cruiser your engine gets knocked out way more than it does a battleship And then for your next upgrade you're going to take secondary battery modification 1 which is going to boost your secondary battery firing range by 20% and reduce the dispersion by 20%. Your steering gears mod 1 because you do want to get that rudder shift time down to avoid torpedoes and things at close range because this has no hydro. Um, Then you're going to want to take concealment system mod 1 over steering gears because then you can get your concealment, uh, or you can start getting your concealment down and eventually you'll be able to get it down to almost sub 10 kilometers. Um... So the gunfire control system modification two is going to extend your main battery firing range. You have to do this. You have to because 16 kilometers is simply not acceptable for a ship this size um, to have to get that close to do even anything, you know, to an enemy ship and open the engagement. You need to get those opening uh, shots off occasionally. And sometimes you need to kite that. Um, the gunfire control system mod two is more useful than the main battery. Uh, mod 3, and the reason for that is, is it actually improves your dispersion. And the reason why it just disper- improves your dispersion is because this thing has uh, uh dispersion curves. So, what that means is when you take main battery or when you take a uh, range mod, uh, so gunfire control system modification 2, it essentially puts the dispersion curve out further, so it's the dispersion starts dropping off later. In your range or further out in your range so technically when you get closer in your guns are actually significantly and noticeably more accurate than they were without this modification and that's what makes it so important and the reason <laughs> i mean well the reason should be obvious but if you take um, a little extra time off your reload, I, I don't think that little extra DPM but is worth it when you could be hitting citadel shots on potentially broadside ships at, uh, I don't know, 15-kilometer ranges where without the range mod you wouldn't be able to hit those shots, and then you wouldn't be able to improve your accuracy. And people are like, oh, we'll just go with aiming systems mod 1. Well, that's going to you know exchange this ship's big gimmick, and that's going to be the giving up those secondaries. And the secondaries, without that, become far less efficient, and in general, it's it starts to hinder the ship's performance pretty uh, pretty quickly. Uh, and some people would like to take uh, auxiliary armaments modification too. That's perfectly viable. Uh, reduces your second battery re- secondary battery reload time uh, by twenty percent. Yeah, that's viable too. Like I said, you're gonna you're gonna really rely on getting in close more though to a point where it becomes a bit of a feast or famine situation where if your battles uh getting in close all the time uh in the particular battle you're playing it it's getting in close it's like a uh, slugfest yeah then you're gonna be great you will be the king of this of that battle people will have to Contest you versus you contesting them what I mean by that is you're going to be the top dog and everyone else because Is going to have to try and outsmart you or outplay you because you're going to have the advantage But if the battle doesn't really get in the close range that you need like it does a lot of the time Then you're really gonna suffer A lot more than someone who would have taken the range mod and taken a slight sacrifice to their secondary battery sufficiency. So overall, a lot of people, including me, recommend that you take range mod instead. Now for uh, captain build... I do have, since I just started um, this commander, I do only have uh, 10 points on him. So I'm taking gun feeder because you do switch around your ammunition a lot, depending if you see a broadside or not, and that's very useful. Uh, priority target, just to know if uh, how many people are going to be in uh flank especially in the opening shots when uh maybe you're the only you're the first ship on the flank and people start targeting you if a lot of people start targeting you, you know that maybe you should pop smoke and turn around or just wait to go and detect and turn around because it's not worth the risk but if only two people target you then maybe you can pull off something more risky and that is um, that is sort of the play style of the ship you need to you need to know the risks or the potential risks to pushing because you you pushing is, you know, what makes this ship so efficient. Um, then you're going to take Adrenaline Rush, obviously, and then Concealment Expert. Uh, after that, I'd take, uh, Fearless Brawler, or Top Grade Gunner, excuse me. Uh, and then, uh, you could take Outnumbered. Actually, I'd recommend that, but I would recommend that to be taken after you take a Top Grade Gunner, uh, because, you know, you're, if you're brawling with your secondaries, generally you're within your main battery detect or within your ship's base detectability range, so having that little reload buff and taking off that um, what is it, 17 second reload is is nice. And I mean, adrenaline rush will also help with that. Flags on this ship. Well, we're gonna take uh, Julia Charlie for sure to make sure we don't get a magazine magazine detonated. India Delta for healing efficiency. Sierra Mike for the extra speed. November Foxtrot for consumable reload time. Uh, Mike Yankee Sustix is essential. It is a must-fly on this ship because it extends your main or your secondary battery fire range and increases the accuracy by 5%. India uh, X-Ray for extra fire chance and the main battery guns. Victor Lima for the fire chance on the main battery guns. Hotel Yankee is also another must-fly because you get in close a lot, and ramming is definitely something that you do a lot. Um, well you not do a lot, but it's something that you can expect with higher frequency, especially in a ship, you know, like the Napoli that gets in close. So I certainly fly that. Um, it's not a must fly, but I definitely would recommend it. So this changes your ship's uh, specs to 18.88 kilometers main battery range. Uh, And it's really not going to adjust, or your dispersion nominally is going to go up to 202 meters and 192 meters for horizontal and vertical respectively. But actually, if you go back to your normal firing range, like uh, if you go back and uh, adjust the dispersion values accordingly back down to uh, 17 kilometers, you'll actually find that the ship got more accurate. Uh, Your fire chance is going to be up to 18%. Your healing potential is going to be up to uh, 0.6% ships HP uh, per second, and your speed is going to be up to 37.3 knots, your concealment to 10.32 kilometers, and uh, let's see, rudder shift time is going to go down to 10 seconds, so down from uh, 12.5, and... Uh, yes, secondaries, secondaries, what's going to happen to them? Well, they're going to gain some mean battery range. They're going to lose the reload time. The 152s are going to have a 6.84 second reload. The rate of fire is going to, you're going to be firing 8.77 shots per minute out. They're going to have Sigma 1.0 dispersion of just 170 meters at a range of 9.2 kilometers. The, sap, uh, the uh, 90 millimeter sap is gonna have, a, still have maximum damage 2,000, but you're gonna be firing every 3.04 seconds. You're gonna have a Sigma 1.0 and a dispersion of 170 meters. Yeah, so this thing becomes an absolute beast at close range. Yes, it's not gonna set as many fires because it doesn't have um, a, you know, high explosive firing secondary armament, but it certainly—I uh, mean—it is certainly a damage dealer. That's that's what it relies on. Uh, consumables, as far as that's concerned, you're gonna have 171 second reload time on your smoke, uh, and a reload time of 85 seconds on your uh, fighters, and a 76, 76 second reload time on your uh, damage pair party. Damage control party is gonna have a 57 second reload. So yes. This ship is crazy. I mean, ranked, I don't know if there's really, uh, Brawls, there's not a better ship at this tier. Uh, I mean, Schlieffen's, Schlieffen is a close competitor, but the Napoli is a cruiser, and it has smoke. So, yeah. As long as you don't get within range of the Schlieffen's hydro, I mean, this thing is pretty potent. I mean, it, it can go either way, and I mean, this thing's a cruiser, too, so I mean, it's not necessarily a fair comparison, even. Um... Yeah. So, as far as playstyle is concerned, you're not you're not a battleship. You have to remember that you don't have the health pool of a battleship. You don't have the repair party of a battleship. It's, it, I mean, it's a high risk, high reward playstyle, and you have to play it. Uh, you have to play smart because this thing is can be unforgiving if you push yourself too far up a flank you will regret it very quickly um so you just kind of you slowly kind of bide your time behind your cats you do support pretty aggressively usually uh, especially uh if you have a lot of support coming with you but you don't go right away you kind of wait and see until everyone's spotted and then you determine if people are sitting back then you maybe. Want to uh, wait for some support to push because you don't want to get burned down from range. If people are pushing and there's a lot of them, you just want to stall. Uh, you want to if you need to pop smoke because people are popping up right away in your detection range just to turn around. That is, uh, you know, that is a good thing that the ship does. Uh, it's one of the best features of the ship is essentially you can turn around, you got that Gerald free card of an Italian smoke, and that's what makes that's a major factor in making the ship very strong. Um, now if there's small numbers of them and they're pushing, you can take them out one by one. If they're, if they're not pushing, but they're not necessarily falling back, what you can do if you, uh, let's say have a division mate and another close quarters combat ship, or if you're confident in your odds, you can pop smoke and charge them down. Just know that if things get too hot, then you won't be able to turn around as easily because you don't have the smoke. Um and obviously if people are pushing really hard they have a lot of support and you're trying to delay as fast as you can or as best you can uh torpedoes are definitely a deterrence the ship has they're great for launching in the wake and i have hit people f- from darn near the close or the maximum range sometimes beyond the nominal maximum range because remember the closing effect of torpedoes um with this ship and it, it It surprises people because they don't think that a large cruiser would have torpedoes. That's not Japanese, because I think they forget about the Napoli's torpedoes, and it happens with the Goliath, too, and you can catch people off guard with that um especially since these torpedoes are slow and have such a long range people forget about them because you, you you disappear from detection or something like that they forget about you focus a different target but those torps are still in the water coming in their direction and especially if those lazy, bat- lazy battleships don't change their course or something they can blender straight into them i mean well they don't do much damage individually if you eat all four of them it does hurt um and as far as destroyers are concerned, if if there's a destroyer out there who's the last person left alive and you need to win, um, yeah, don't feel afraid of ch- ch- chasing them down because this ship eats destroyers for breakfast. Assuming you're on the lookout for for, for torpedoes and you're expecting torpedoes and you avoid them, it's it lights out. I mean, talk about 4K damage every. I don't know 10 seconds or so it's insane you can just eat a destroyer alive I mean it's not uncommon they get like four to seven case salvos with the secondaries of this thing and I mean cruisers it's not quite as extreme but yes it uh, you will chunk cruisers with these secondaries it hurts it starts and it starts to get people to panic because they realize that they're taking a huge amount of damage and they can't turn around because you do have 254 millimeter guns and um, Battleships, they're not usually as leery about it unless they're French or British and they have 32mm plating, and even to a certain extent American because um, uh, of the penetration of these sap shells, which I realize is not actually on the Wiles FT, but it's something like 46mm for the 152s, and like, oh geez, it's, was it, 26-27mm from the 90s? Or... 30, I think it's 30 millimeters for the 90s. Not 100% sure on that. I forgot it. It says it in the game client, but I literally just closed that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an absurd amount of penetration, and that's why the, ni- the 90s don't have as much of an effect on a battleship, but they do aim for the superstructure because they aim for the center of the mass of the ship. Um, and that's if it hits there, and especially if it's not damage-saturated yet, yeah, that starts to hurt. The 152s, they just wreck everything. Um uh, that's that's what really makes this ship potent it's a cruiser with 152 millimeter secondaries um and angled nothing can touch you if you stay angled and that's and you are chasing down battleships and things like that as long as they aren't filling your face with high explosive which by the way is what you should do if you're being chased down by one of these things they can't touch you they won't be able to hurt you if you play it right they cannot citadel you it's physically impossible um you'd you'd really have to get like a one in a million shot through the nose of the ship and that goes down into the depths of the ship through the 25 millimeter thwart ship that's buried way below the waterline um yeah, so speaking of uh, throwing high explosive at this ship, what are counters to it? Well, uh, say you're coming in close to it, you're not going to sit above the ship, so don't aim for it, especially if you're not completely broadside to it, or or if it's not completely broadside to you. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to aim high uh, right above, like, the second line of portholes on, uh, uh, on the bow. That's where right about the 60 millimeter plate ends, and you're going to want to shoot into there, and you're going to Especially if you overmatch that, you'll take they'll take some pen damage, but you really wanna avoid getting in brawls with this thing at all costs. It's best handled from distance with high explosive. Um however if it is fleeing from you, just shoot straight through the stern. Especially if you overmatch, it's gonna hurt them regardless. Um if they're smart, they'll angle to you and try to deny you that shot, but that is the way to get rid of this ship, and if they're smart and they're angled, you gotta load the high explosive. Even Yamatos, they have to load the high explosive because you will not damage this ship otherwise. It's kind of like an atigo in that it, if it's angled, it's very tough. Um, and uh, I venture to say if the enemies are unwise, uh, this ship is easily as dangerous as the Petro. Especially at close range. I mean, it's not as dangerous from long range, for sure. Um, and it's not as broken as the Petro, but it is still a very, very dangerous ship and should not be brushed off at all. Um, those of you who are playing it, if you ever have to turn around, just remember to pop your smoke. That's something that sometimes uh, in my early stages of playing this ship, I re- Uh, notice myself forgetting it's like i have smoke i can just turn around and and drop torps and leave and uh do remember that your smoke firing penalty is uh still gonna be 8.75 kilometers so you're gonna have a bit of leeway where you can fire your main battery guns you can fire your secondaries uh, from 9.2 kilometers on to 8.75 kilometers and still uh not be seen and just remember that smoke firing penalty when you're trying to do a drive-by on someone uh and like ranges like four kilometers or so uh especially if they don't have hydro yeah your secondaries can rip them to shreds but do not fire your guns otherwise then the party tricks <laughs> the party tricks over because they can see you and you uh especially if they're smart and they stop firing you would not be able to see them uh yeah so some things to look out for this ship don't push too hard early early in the battle do not it's it's throwing your ship away unless you really want to go back to port quickly don't charge the enemy down Play it smart. Play it. Play it safe in the first few minutes of the battle. See what's going on, and if you have the advantage, press it. Don't hesitate to press it if you have the advantage, but don't be stupid and try to press an advantage that you don't have. Um, and as far as radar is concerned, it's not a super cons- big concern of this ship just because, uh, you know, it, it gets spotted before American radar range, but don't smoke up in front of a Des Moines. The worst thing you could possibly do is smoke up in front of a Des Moines who pops his radar while you're mid-turn, so you can't actually see them because he's probably outside of his smoke-firing penalty, but they can see you clear as day. And that is, that is worse than just flat-out turning and giving broadside because at least you can fire back when you're giving broadside uh you you could fire back through smoke but if, if someone else isn't spotting them for you you're done and it, yeah All right, just be careful of that also be careful of petros make sure you know where they are before you pop smoke uh radar cruisers when when pushing are very dangerous um unless you know that they're alone like if it's just a petro and a Bois or something like that you can push into them uh, just know that there's really not going to be much turning back for you. So you do have to be confident that you can uh, take engagements. And that's what's nice about this is you can choose your engagements with the concealment and the smoke uh, and the speed. Just remember that you have the privilege to do that. You don't have to take unfavorable fights in this ship, and it's really unadvisable to do that in any ship, but especially in this ship because it's such so feaster or famine and unforgiving. So uh, that is my review of the Napoli, and I I really do enjoy this ship. It's like a Petra without the main guns and with crazy secondaries. Like, I mean, the pizzas coming out of this freaking 152 uh, secondary battery is just insane. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, high penetration pizzas for sure. Anyways, enough Italian jokes aside, that's it for this episode of Rank Amateur, the first episode of Season 2. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you uh, have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email me. I'm happy to see your emails and answer them. Uh, if you have any ship suggestions, please feel free to email me. Uh, as you know, I have said in uh, many a previous episode, and until next time, captains...